Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Full house today, we got G. Hey Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, Armani Buckets, Tim Lee, Gee, let's start with you. How are you? First of all, I know that that was a mouthful for you. It was. You know, all those the names. full house. <laughs> yep. I love it. All I have to say is Japan. 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 Yeah, I love it. I, I mean, Japan. I'm, I'm dumbfounded at, at this beginning of this World Cup right now. So other than that, um, it's Wednesday. I'm, I'm psyched. But by the way, I did not know in our studio that we have like a big screen TV. Like we should have more viewing parties here. But now we are watching all these amazing matches. Brennan, was the fix in Japan beating Germany? <laughs> I don't know if that one was a fix. I think Germany was just unprepared. But uh, I do think the Argentina one was a fix. I mean, I was I watched highlights of that game. They had four goals for the, almost where they called Brandon. offsides. The honorary and, Argentinian, his girlfriend, yeah. who he loves very much, is from Argentina. Yeah, she's fantastic. No, she stayed up till like 4 a.m. to watch the game, and she was telling me like, Literally, they had maybe a finger offside. The feet were behind, and they would call everything on the goals. And I just think it's rigged. I think, you know, Argentina lost the first game, one of the biggest upsets ever. They're going to win nine more, and they're going to win the World Cup. Didn't they or have eight four more of them, though? Didn't, weren't there, like, four offside calls? Yeah, and they game? almost scored on all of them. I, I'm, I'm just saying, if it's, like, if it's one, it's like, okay, it's a fluke. If it's four. Yeah, but none of them were, like, offsides. That's the thing. Almost, like maybe I, one. I mean, maybe even one. a foot, even a foot is technically offside, isn't it? I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the fixes end, to be honest with you, because obviously you want like a I mean, major FIFA's, market. But FIFA makes the NFL look. I mean, the NFL is not corrupt at all compared to FIFA. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and you know, Goodell's doing deals with the owners, of course. <laughs> I'm the biggest conspiracy person you'll probably ever meet, and. Listen, I didn't wake up to watch that game. It just seems like it would be difficult to do that to a World Cup game at that stage with so many people watching. But I want to believe you. I, I really do want to believe you. I just I, I didn't see it for myself. Well, too. think about it like this. Who pays the refs whenever the Chiefs play? <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, uh, the call on the Chargers, and I'm not even a Chargers fan. Like, every call goes the Chiefs' way in the second half of every game. And it's like, who's paying the refs? I mean, yeah. it's the same thing with... with the, look, the, it's in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia is a Middle Eastern team. So they're, they're, they're going to get the call. Let Saudi Arabia have a 2-1 victory for Argentina. Oh, my God. Good, yeah. good for them. Wish, hey, that's yeah. like the highlight of their life right there. So, like, little, good for them. A little early for the tinfoil hats for me. Uh, I'm keeping it more regional. Uh, more, more towards California for me, at least. I didn't, I didn't really watch any World Cup matches. I think I'm one of those people that like wait till the group stages are over and then wait for the actual like event to start. Well, yeah. hopefully the U.S. can come back from their blunder and be competitive against England. That's the goal, and then beat. They have to beat Iran by a lot. 
Yeah. But anyway, I love the fact that we're getting these World Cup games in the fall. So we have, like, football games. We have Thanksgiving. And the very next day, we have the big World Cup game, USA versus England. What is that? 10 o'clock in the morning? 11. 11 a.m. So that's that's not too bad. Okay. We do have to begin here with the Lakers. Um, Listen, I I didn't expect them to win. It was a competitive game. But I think the story of the day and the story of the week is your guys' most valuable player pick, or not the pick, but the, the, no, the, yeah. the well, wager that you yeah. made. The way that today Anthony Davis is playing right now, he is clearly, um, right now, when you talk about right now, like the first half of the season, first quarter of the season, he's a top 10 player, once again. Top now, 10. How, that's, top 5? Yeah, he's top 5. I, I mean, well, agree. I'll just say top 10. I mean, what he's doing right now, so the stat line he put up last night has never been put up in league history. Just think about that for a moment, you know, how long that we've been playing this game. 37 points. I don't have it in front of me. 21, 21 blocks. I mean, 21 rebounds, rebounds five blocks, five, five steals. steals. Never before in league history. Now, they lost. So it's one of those... Uh, Brandon, you're very familiar with. Mike Trout did this for the first time. Showing Tony uh, did this yeah, for the yeah, first yeah, time, and your yeah. team still lost. I love, and by the way, I, I love our guy who writes the minor leagues. Did you see his tweet? Oh, Bruce, yeah. Bruce, where he's like, oh, every time I watch the Lakers, I turn on LeBron does this, Davis does this, and the Lakers lose by 20. Same kind of attributing <laughs> it to the Angels, which is kind of funny. Um, although that's not the case with LeBron this year. We'll see when he comes back, but I, I actually, there were a lot of positives in that game yesterday. I never expected them to win. I know even without Chris Paul, the Suns are a very well-coached team. They have great three-point shooting. They're an elite defensive team, arguably the best team in the Western Conference in the regular season right now. I mean, there's there's definitely an argument, um, and I did not expect the Lakers to win that game, but Lonnie Walker impressed me a lot. He's continued to impress me. His offensive game, getting to the rim, is almost unstoppable. His defense is improving. I know he's always had that people have said, oh, he's an awful off-ball defender. He's getting a little better. He's been a good on-ball defender. Off-ball defender, you know, he doesn't know how to switch well. He's getting better, so that's positive. Austin Reeves continues to look fantastic. Russell Westbrook, I know he had the air ball three and the free throws, but, I mean, he's looked good for his role. I mean, he's there's a reason why he's the favorite for sixth man of the year in betting sites. I mean, they really think he's going to win that. Um, and then, look, the, Davis, and then Davis. I mean, we can't say enough. If he's playing like this and I hope he doesn't get injured at some point it's people say it's bound to happen I really hope he avoids it but they're five and eleven they played really well against arguably the top team in the conference without LeBron and it kind of tells me like the way Anthony Davis is playing man they need to make a trade soon they could actually compete this year even at five and eleven like they could get into the playoffs and make some noise if Davis is playing like this then again do you want to sacrifice the future by giving picks right when when I've been saying that if they wait until the deadline, someone taken for Wenbinyamo, trade them for no picks, right? But, like, do they want to do that? Do they think they can I, compete I, I this like year? I feel like they do this every time with you guys, man. Like, they give you a little bit. They table <laughs> just a little bit, so you just get a little bit of hope. I mean, like, at a certain point, you got to be like, okay, yeah, AD is obviously playing well. He has, like, a 35% usage rate. He's the whole team. Yeah. He has yeah. to play well. If no one's grabbing the rebound, the crowd's grabbing the rebound, yeah. right? Like, he has to get 20 rebounds to do well. So... They did all that. They gave their best shot, and they lost by ten. Yeah. I mean, Armand, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me here. I think he has played at a top five rate, but that's because he's been the entire team. Yep. You have to play like a top five. So player. then Luca's not a top five player because he's, he's the he's, he's the entire team. Player, but he's had people that were like healthy and stuff like that. AD has to play this well, and like I'm not the biggest critic of AD. I think he's a great player. 
I, I mean, I talked about it before that he had those moments where he was like the best player on earth. But like, I still think, in my opinion, like these are like real small glimmers of hope. I, I still think that like he's doing this to bolster his trade value. That's my oh, mindset. Wow. I need him to get this kind of good so that way people can feel like he's that good and then they can get actual value out of him. Yeah, and also this this game was indicative of where the Lakers are at as a emotionally as a team. After the Pat Bev shove, you're down by I think it was 8 or 6 points. There was no chance for them to win that game. As yeah. good as Anthony Davis was last night, he ran out of gas at the end. He yeah. was he had he didn't even play defense on some of those pick and rolls at the very end. No contest at all. So this is the thing. When you look at the Lakers roster, nothing has changed. They have so many guys that I call zero they're not doing anything positive or negative. They're just running. Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder, Wenyan Gabriel. Juan Toscano-Anderson. Yeah, I wasn't going to count him because he didn't play yesterday. Troy Brown Jr., zero points in 21 minutes. Pat Bev, 29 minutes, zero points, 10 rebounds, surprisingly. Hey. And the biggest Laker problem, when we talk about what is the Lakers' key to success this season, Brandon said it all offseason. What is it? Defense. Defense. Oh, yeah. Now, the, the main part that they lack defensively is when you play a Devin Booker, when you play a Damian Lillard, you don't have somebody that you can defender. say, you guard him one-on-one. -on -one. They had to double-team Devin Booker all night last night. Pat Bev, instead of shoving somebody, how about you play some dang defense and stay in front of somebody? He hasn't done what they traded for him to do. And also... Taylor Horton Tucker is playing his role to a T in Utah. So another another huge miss by Rob Palenka. But yeah, I, I'm ahead. just yeah. I'm just wondering, um, what do you guys think about the team building that LeBron's attempting to do during Thanksgiving weekend, though? Because this this is an attempt. This is, in my opinion, this is an attempt. He's making the team stay and have Thanksgiving dinner with one another What's and it? an open bar and all that other uh, granted open bar but some good wine good wine listen but so there is this glimmer of hope with this team and Tim's, Tim brings up a good point that, that I didn't think about because if, if the Lakers truly believe that this team can't contend you do have to look at a trade. Now, you can't trade Anthony Davis for scraps, right? When he was playing at the beginning of the season or when he was hurt. The way he's playing right now, top five caliber. Top five caliber. And he's showing you what he can do. So if you're Rob Palenka, do you even look at that? I have one for you. Okay, Let, let's do, do, you want, do you guys want to hear this? I'm very excited let's about this. We know the Bulls are in a bad spot as yeah. well. So you guys want to move Anthony Davis to power forward. We trade you Vooch, and you give us Pat Bev. Kendrick Nunn, who are absolute garbage, and then the 2027 first. They're not getting rid so of those one of, the, one of the two for big men, and he's on an expiring contract, and you're two scrubs. Can we give you Westbrook? It wouldn't, I, it wouldn't gotta, work you financially. Keep Westbrook. You got to keep Westbrook, I think, at this point. You, what? You, yeah, I think so. Yeah, if he's, if he's going to play a secondary yeah, role, if he's playing a secondary role, if he's not going to be the primary, then yeah, you keep him. Yeah, but then how are you going to improve with shooting? Like, you don't need a center arm. We need shooters. We need perimeter defenders and yeah. shooters. And we just don't have any 3 and D players. Yeah. That's the problem. That's why they won't win a title. 3 and D player was supposed to be Lonnie Walker. I mean, you can't keep striking out and then believe. Well, no, no. Lonnie Walker's done. He's never been an elite defender, but right, he's but doing he his job. He's doing his job, but they need more than that. They need somebody. The reason why the Suns are so good, and I'm not saying they can get him a Cal Bridges because he's like the best perimeter defender in the league, or at least one of them. Right. But like the Herb Joneses of the world, the McCal Bridges is some of these guys were like overlooked in the draft and they can't get one. 
that just a lockdown defender. I don't care. Get a lockdown defender that can hit threes. I don't care what you have to give up at this point. Like yeah, if they're, that, it, that's a fundamental coaching thing or not a scouting thing at this point, right? Like you might as well just hire somebody from the Pelicans. It is all five of those guys. Also, they should really develop Max Christie. I don't know why he's not getting PT. In my mean, opinion. I don't know what the agenda is, but we could talk about the other team that's winning. There we go. Clippers. The, the, the team that actually has championship aspirations. We finally see Kawhi come off the bench a little bit, play that 20 minutes, but the rest of the team looks good. I mean, I mean like you have cemented roles at least for a little bit. I mean, Norman Powell has actually played well this month, finally, all that work that he's been talking about uh, on Twitter or whatever. He's finally like paying off a little bit of the shooting. Everybody, in my opinion, on that team now is starting to get a little bit more designation to their role, so there's a little bit more concrete evidence that this is a team that can legitimately compete. People know what they're trying to do. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited about it. I was supposed. I was just basically doing the whole waiting game about whether or not this team was going to be healthy or finally figure out their rotations. And even though they haven't figured fully the the rotations of what they want to do since they have 25 wings, uh, this is still a team that like looks legitimate in the West. How long do you think it's going to be before they're actually like? Because they're getting there, and I totally agree right. with you, and I'm really psyched about that. But how long do you think that? Clipper fans don't have to wait anymore. <laughs> That's going to be forever. I mean, Clipper fans are always in, like anxiety. Like we're pockets of anxiety. I just of course, yeah. Uh, I think when Paul George has like a little bit more time to play with Kawhi, because obviously he hasn't played with them yet. We just need to have the, that two people, like those that duo chemistry that has to be developed. Maybe I need. Um, maybe I need to like rein in my question. Then, um, how long do you think until that happens? Because I I agree oh. with you. I think until that happens. We're not looking at a title chance. We're not looking at any of that stuff, right? So, that's true. That's true. So uh, how long until that happens? I don't know. Probably like February. I, I, want, I want to see like more of a sample size, obviously, right? right. So I'm not going to be like that excited about it. I am obviously excited about it, but like all-star break is probably like that cutting point. For Where Kawhi to, needs like, to look to like yeah, Kawhi. To look, to look like, like Kawhi. Kawhi. At least like 80% of Kawhi. Yeah, I think that's the Clippers' goal, too, because they want Kawhi to be 100% when it comes to the playoffs and at least 80% by February. That's a good mark. I agree. You know, we've been talking about how the Clippers are struggling and whatnot, so if they play the Warriors tonight, and if they win that game, they'll be tied for first place in the Western Conference. I know it's the, it's the beginning of the season, but you're talking about a, a team that wasn't playing well. You're talking about a team that did not have Kawhi. You're talking about a team that was not healthy. If they win tonight against the Warriors, first place in the conference, you're right back to where you'd want to be. And again, it goes to our point, 11-6, and 11-7. and seven. That's first place in that conference right now. Yeah. It's wide open. The biggest thing that I noticed watching them against the Jazz is we know that they have a lot of talented players. Is your ego going to get involved? Because people are going to have to sacrifice minutes. And so far this season, early on, they were figuring out roles. And now it's just like everybody's in unison. After the game, Reggie Jackson is asked about his role. And he's like, I love it. I'm just doing whatever the team needs of me. Robert Covington, who's a very quality NBA player, he would be getting minutes on a lot of other teams. He got zero minutes last game. And he's the first one off the bench, high-fiving, dapping people up. That's the type of stuff that I was curious to see because it's very easy if you're Terrence Mann, for example, and you're like, I deserve to be playing 38 minutes a game somewhere, and you're only getting maybe 20, it's very easy to become dissatisfied in your role, but so far, credit to Ty Lue and his staff because they've kept it as a unit, and I really think we've been talking about it. The West is wide open. If you had to pick one team right now, I'm either taking the Warriors or the Clippers. In a playoff series? In, yeah. in terms of I mean, because the, the, the Warriors West. are what eight and one at home. 
Yeah. Nine one. I mean, they can't win on the road yet. They've won against Houston, but that'll happen. Like they're a good basketball. The only thing that concerns me about the Warriors, they always figure it out. But last year, they got to the finals, second rate ranked defensive rating in basketball. Celtics yeah. were first. Those the two best defenses played each other in the finals. This year, they have the twenty sixth ranked defensive rating. So that obviously needs to improve. I think it does. If it go, if we go into February, that same timeline you gave the Clippers and the Warriors still aren't playing defense, then it's a concern. If they're still like five hundred and it's like, okay, then it's like wide open in the Western Conference. But I do expect Steve Kerr to make adjustments like he always does, and Stephen Curry's having the best season of his career so far. So I really like that team as well. So at the end of the day, you, you're still picking what Warriors? Those two. Then, yeah. I mean, yeah. Clippers and yeah. Warriors. I mean, the Nuggets could make some noise, and we know the Suns are going to choke. They have Chris Paul on their team. I hate to say it. I mean, it's just a guaranteed. It's a guarantee. And I think we have to mention this, because they've won seven in a row, and they're in third place. The Sacramento Kings. Oh, and yeah. Not Amazing. only the Sacramento Kings being in third place, what do you guys think of the light the beam movement? And I hope I you guys it. have seen it. Matt Barnes, wait. So what? What happened with that clip? <laughs> did Matt call it in or did? Oh uh, yeah, it was it was no, hilarious. By the way, it's an amazing facility. It's an amazing. Uh, it was right in downtown. Listen, I used to cover those games way back in the day. Um, it, no one wanted to hang out in Sacramento. <laughs> It's still not that like a hot spot, but downtown Sacramento pre and post game, that's a fun place to go. And obviously during the time that they've been there, they have not won. They've been one of the worst teams in the league. So it would be fantastic. And we'll see what happens. I mean, your thoughts on the Jazz and the Kings. I mean, can they continue this? Will they be a playoff team or is this just something that they're, they're kind of hot now? And don't you think it's a little too early? No, I don't. I don't. I think we're 25% of the way in the season, Jihei. At some point, you have to say a good team is a good team. Utah plays basketball the way basketball is supposed to be played. They share the basketball. They're a good basketball team. No, I, don't, uh, I don't mean Utah. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean Sacramento. Well, I yeah. think, think you've got to understand. Look at Darren, De'Aaron Fox's uh, statistics right here. 26 points per game. 65% true shooting percentage. 7 assists. Leads the NBA in clutch points. How is he at the end of the season? I, well, we right now he leads the NBA in clutch points. Yeah, there is that. And I brought this up yesterday. GA was here. I said, yeah. you know what? We will see when it comes to the playoffs. It's going to be the same guys, right? That are like Shea can't lead the, I mean, even if he gets into the playoffs somehow with the Thunder, he, he doesn't have the experience to win a series against the Warriors. That's why the Grizzlies struggled last year. Maybe this year they have a deeper playoff run if they can get all their guys back because now they have experience. That is important. GA makes a good point about Sacramento. At the same time, Darren Fox is going nuts. Going to be an all-star for sure. Domantas Sabonis doesn't play a lick of defense interiorly on, on the defensive end, but one of the best offensive centers in the league. Malik Monk, Terrence Davis, guys like that, Keegan Murray. I mean, Kevin Herter, Kevin Durant just called him like a splash brother this year. Yeah. Clay Thompson, up in that, the likes of that. He's 49.5% from three. Defensively, they rank 28th. That's a problem. Offensively, now they just surpassed the Celtics as the best offensive rating of all time to start a season. So, I mean, this is a serious, serious basketball team. Similar to the Lakers' three-game win streak that they just had, the Kings have been beating up on some bad teams early on. Yesterday was a quality win for them. The thing is... You don't apologize for your schedule. You're just hoping that the schedule builds confidence so that the guys internally are like, oh, we're a good team. And I think that that's kind of what's happening. I watched them versus Detroit and San Antonio, and they didn't really impress me, to be honest. But you keep winning games. At some point, you're like, oh, we are a good team. And you build that internal belief. And I think, by the way, that's the same thing the Lakers need to do because they have an easy schedule still. You build the schedule against the bad teams or you build the confidence and then you take it from there. 
I've been a big Kings fan. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, like I I wanted to buy so much stock this year, uh, and unfortunately for my shares, my future shares, the reason why they've done so well is because Keegan Murray's been hurt or has played a more reduced role. Yeah. Like you, just, you, you I understand. Like you know, I mean, touted rookie, super talented, but like man, you gotta give Harrison Barnes mm-hmm. a little bit more credit. He's been that guy who's legitimately done everything for the team. I mean, like you said, offensively they're an incredible, like they're an incredibly efficient team. They have two obvious pieces that they focus on on offense, and then the rest of the team understands their role. They got tons of shooters, which is more than we could say about certain teams. <laughs> but like, uh, I don't think it's a fluke. Like you mentioned, early schedule, it's e- a little bit easier than usual. But like you said, they get to build confidence. This is a team that legitimately needs confidence, right? This is a team that has not s- experienced success in how many years at this point? I mean, the fact that they're over five hundred. As a Sacramento fan, I, I've seen so many people on my timeline. They're just celebrating that, man. Like, light that halo up. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, let's do it. Just, just do every single thing. Any gimmick, any celebration, they kind of need it. How did they get Matt Barnes to work for the uh, Bay Area? Well, he's NBC from there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but and he it was so random case. to me that yeah. just, like, starting this season, I'm like, oh, Matt Barnes is on the He's one of the few guys who played the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and Kings. He played for go. all the teams in California. But he did – I think he's from there. He's, he's – he, uh, but, yeah, listen, you know, he uh, – get, get that money, Matt Barnes. You got a great <laughs> podcast. You got a great show. And uh, But, yeah, listen, a beautiful facility, and we were talking about it. We have to go up there. At some point, it's a great place to go watch a game. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Grant Mona. When we come back on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fade in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our main man, Grant Money Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, it's good to be back. West Coast is kind of on fire right now looking college football yeah. not really in the nfl but no. maybe in the nba a little bit a couple <laughs> teams are starting to get it together yeah. hey the chargers about to go on a win streak watch let's see they are currently five and five we'll see what they do all right grant let's start here let's start with your clippers big game tonight against the warriors uh if they win tonight tied for first place um again so much talk at the beginning of the season. Can Kawhi get right? Will he be healthy? Will this team find its form? 
despite all that, if they win tonight, and not saying that that will be a simple task, first place, uh, Grant, your thoughts on the Clippers? Yeah, the, the Clippers have been playing the ball that we kind of expected them to play. Um, you know, with Kawhi back, the offense is completely better. Um, you know, even though Kawhi's not getting his numbers, you can see that the gravity that he, he shows to other teams. I mean, other teams are, are guarding him like he's Kawhi Leonard of old. And what that does is it opens up some more time for Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson. It gives them open looks. Um, and as you can see, I mean, Reggie Jackson scored over 20 for the last three games. Norman Powell scored 30 last game, 27 the game before. Um, those guys have really thrived. You know, even with Paul George out last game and Kawhi Leonard playing limited minutes, those guys took over. And, you know, that's kind of what the Clippers got all this depth for is for times like this where these guys are out for a little bit of time. You need those other guys to step up. And tonight they won't have Kawhi Leonard. They won't have Paul George. And, you know, for for a Clipper fan, it's really not surprising at this point for those guys to be out. It's kind of just like last year repeated. But, um, you know, against the Warriors team, that's, you know, they they haven't been themselves. They've struggled a little bit. And, you know, to have a team that's firing on all cylinders like the Clippers on offense, and their defensive rating is second in the league. They're one of the best defenses in the league, but their offense has kind of been slow. And now they're starting to get that back together. I'm curious to see how they do tonight without their stars and how that offense kind of kind of goes because, you know, without those stars, their offense wasn't that good. And, you know, even with Paul George only, their offense wasn't that great. So, I, you know, the Warriors are going to be at full strength. They set everybody against the Pelicans last game. They're going to be at full strength, you know, at home. I don't expect a win from the Clippers, but I, I do want them to – I do want, you know, the other guys like Norm Powell and, and Reggie Jackson to show that they can – handle that offensive load that, you know, Paul George and Kawhi give them. So I do think that they'll hang in there tough, but, you know, it's going to be really tough task against a fully healthy Golden State Warriors team that's, you know, when they play at home, they look pretty good. So it's going to be a tough task. All right, Grant, I just I just got a notification that your boy Perkins is getting first team reps for the Rams. What do you, what do you think about that? You think this guy's the second coming of Christ, don't you? You know, you know, Brandon, at this point, I will take anything I can get. Matthew Stafford, it, it looks like he's on his last leg. He's had a, two concussions in a matter of three weeks. Um, John Wolford did not look good. I know G. Hay loves John Wolford, but he did not look that great in the last <laughs> game that he played. Um, you know, Perkins, I think, you know, if it's the only option that we got, I think he's the best one. I mean, you, you got a guy that... You know, in the preseason, it looked great, you know, hooking up with Lance McCutcheon, who they haven't really given many snaps or targets to, even with Cooper Cup out. I'm kind of surprised by that. You know, I think the Rams have done that for for many years. They don't really give the young guys that many opportunities. Um, you know, Tutu Atwell had a 60-yard touchdown, and then they only gave him five looks the rest of the game, which is absurd in my opinion. He was one of your first-round picks or a high pick, and you don't give him that many looks, especially when you have guys down. I, I question that a lot, and I, I understand why people question McVay. I know I was drinking the Kool Aid a couple weeks ago, but I, I, I don't think I think I'm laying off the Kool Aid, GA. I think I'm I'm cooling off on that on that McVay. It's not his fault type of talk. Um, so come to the right you know, side, Grant. Come to the right side. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I I had to switch it up. I mean, at this point, they're three and seven. I, I got to get off everybody. They made a surprising move, which not a lot of people are talking about. They cut Daryl Henderson and kept Cam Akers, which everyone thought was. You know, it was going to be the opposite, but, you know, Daryl Henderson, he hasn't been that productive. He was not productive in the last game. They're giving Kyron Williams a lot of, a lot of snaps, a lot of uh, runs. So I think that they're going to move forward with Kyron uh, and some of the young guys, Ronnie Rivers and Cam Akers. They're, 
you know, Daryl Henderson was their best back, and they, they cut him. So uh, And they cut Justin Holland, who was a great uh, outside linebacker. I think they're just making moves to, like, tank this year, and they don't even have a pick, but they're just tanking. They're saying, let's let's just, you know, go all in for next year. Don't worry about this year. It's a wash. We're all hurt. Um, get guys healthy for next year. Cooper Cup's going to be out six to eight weeks. So it's a, it's a wash of a season. But, you know, I'm excited to see Perkins take first, first QB reps. I'm actually excited for that because he's kind of dynamic. That was a little bit depressing, Grant. I'm not going to lie, but... Um, hey, you know, we got a Super Bowl last year. That's right. So I'm just riding that high. There's not much high left. Armand. There's not much high left, but I'm riding it still. It's like the Lakers in 2020 ever since, you know. That's right. You know? Uh, yeah. I wanted to uh, cheer us up a little bit with talking about Thanksgiving football. We have Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, Pats, Vikings. Do you? What are your thoughts overall on the games Thanksgiving? And do you have an upset pick for us? I do. I may have an upset pick. Actually, I love. People are going to give me hate. I love the Lions against the Bills. I think the Lions playing at home. Their offense has been really good. They're on a three-game winning streak, I, I believe, or something like that. Their offense is shown to be great at home. I mean, on the road, they're not really good. Um, they may get J- Jamison Williams back, so he's you know he's a, a really top you know rookie wide receiver for them. I don't know if he's going to be activated, but he was show he showed up at practice. I, I don't know. The Bills have not been playing great football. They played the Browns in Detroit uh, last weekend, which was, you know, it's the Browns. I, I don't really expect the Browns to upset them. But, you know, the Browns hung in kind of well with, with the Bills. If the Lions can play great on offense, I know the Bills are a lot to handle on, on the defensive end. But, you know, Josh Allen the play, playing the way he is, he's not playing like the MVP candidate that I thought he was. He's got that elbow issue. Um, you know, Gabe Davis has kind of shown spurts of greatness over the past couple weeks, which is what the Bills want to see. But, you know, playing at home, I, I think the Lions could, could be kind of a sneaky upset pick. Um, and, you know, the Vikings-Pats, um, that's another game. That's, that's the nightcap. The Vikings, you know, coming off of a horrible, horrible loss um, against the Cowboys. I, I don't know. I, I can't really gauge that game. But if there was an upset pick for me, I think it would be that Lions team at home against the Bills. And, you know, I don't, I, I'm not sure what the line is. Maybe somebody give me the line. I don't know what the line is. But I would take uh, nine and a half plus money there. Yeah, nine, nine and, and a half. half. Yeah, I'd take I'd I'd take Lions spread, honestly, if I was a betting man. Which, I would. Uh, I've shown to to not be because of my decisions in that in that department. But <laughs> yeah, if I was, I would take that. I would be remiss if I asked you, and I don't ask our resident Giants fan, Jihei Wiley. Jihei, do you have a prediction for Thanksgiving? Giants Cowboys. Uh, what's the spread for the Cowboys again? Nine and a half as well. I take the spread, but I don't wow. take the Giants to win. There we go. I take the spread, but yeah, Cowboys get the W. I mean, it's just. Look, I, lo- I love my G-men, but I'm a realistic fan, just like I'm a realistic Clippers fan. You know, like we're we're <laughs> gonna go. we're gonna n- probably not do great come playoff time. Whatever, it it is so, what it is. So I I think yeah. that the Giants uh, th- they've done well this season beyond my expectations, and I'm super super psyched for that. But I, I have, see the Cowboys. Right I have now. an upset. I think the Patriots are gonna beat the Vikings. There we go. You wow. said, Jihei, you said come playoff time. So we're assuming that this team is not gonna fumble the bag, and they're still gonna make the playoffs. Because there is some people saying right now they could that the lose Giants the rest of their are, games. Yeah, what do you? I think? mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> it, it wouldn't really shock me. No. <laughs> but but you know you know what? All, <laughs> but all those good vibes early in the season. If you guys don't make the playoffs, I'm sorry, but all that goes out the window. I don't want to hear about the day ball stuff. And I'm not. I'm not trying to. You know, you're in a good mood right now. I don't want to <laughs> ruin it. But all that stuff goes out the window. If you're seven and two and you miss the playoffs. It's not a good look for for the coach for the organization. 
No, it's not, but it's better than what we've had in seasons past. Like, if you're looking at, like, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I get it, like, we're, we are definitely an organization that's like you Super Bowl or Buster. You need to start winning, or you know that they're they're at least they're attempting right now. Because in the last what four or five years, they have not been attempting and they have not been trying to right. really truly win. Like you can see that in their coaching staff, um, and you can see that in them not even attempting to get an offensive line, which I've been complaining about for the last decade. Um, yeah, I, you and I, me both, Gia. <laughs> you and me both, I mean, the Rams and the Giants. It's just you, you you guys just need to stay healthy on the offensive line and like at least yeah. you have an I think O-line. the 49ers need a better offensive line. Oh, oh my god, my I'm not god. even I'm not even going to uh, we're not no. even going to go into that and, and you're not going to bait me this time. <laughs> Brandon, yeah. you're not going to bait me this time. But yeah, no, I um I don't know. I I think yeah, maybe it's all for not. It's all for not for the outside world. I think for Giants country, I think it's it's fine. Hey, death taxes and the Cowboys choking in the playoffs. We all know. Yes. It's oh, and on absolutely. Thanksgiving. And on and Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving. The yeah. Giants are going to beat the Cowboys. There we go. There we go. Too. They are going Let's to do go. it. We're going to see a Daniel Jones Let's running masterclass, 100 yards rushing. Saquon 150 <laughs> yards rushing, two touchdowns. If it happens, 28. Holy. To 14. Dak, two interceptions. Let's get an excited Jihei video text if that Come happens. On. I, want a, Come I on. want a little Thanksgiving spirit. You can always rely on the Cowboys to ruin Thanksgiving and the season for I all mean, fans. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I plan on being two bottles of wine deep in at 1.30 in the afternoon already. So how do you, how do you, just, What about your boy Danny Dimes? Let's say the Giants, they, they finish the season with eight wins. They only win two, like one more game, right? Do you move on from him, draft a quarterback? Oh, I was done with him in the beginning of the season, so I'm I'm good. But with he's him six being five, two thirty, and he can run. I don't run. care. I don't care. I don't care. There's so many, there's so many other people that you want are better Perkins? out there. The Rams could probably give you Perkins. Yeah. I mean, you I'll take. Well, I'll take I'll Wolford take at this point. Oh, no, come on now! Come on now! The guy was working at freaking Merrill Lynch, wasn't he? Last year. <laughs> he I mean, like he's he a financial advisor, and he's a great financial advisor, and he's a great backup quarterback. But come on, Daniel Jones is one of the best runners in the NFL at the quarterback position. I uh, that changes I, again, the no, game. No, no. I, 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 I'm, right, still, well, I'm still okay with us. Le- letting, all right, we'll give you we'll give you Trey Lance for uh, Kayvon <laughs> Thibodeau and a couple other players. Oh, stop it! No more Niners. No, the Niners don't need anybody else. Don't con anybody into that. Nobody's taking anything. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, I'm. I have to look at next year's, uh, this upcoming year's draft, but I, I'm good. Uh, like, I'm good with letting him go. I know that sounds really weird, and I, th- I know that like. Well, they didn't extend him. He's gonna be no, a free agent, they right? Ha- they have not. Yes, that is correct. He's at the he's at the tail end of his as contract. he should. Speaking of the quarterback position, Grant, I wanted to get your thoughts on this Heisman Trophy race, very tightly contested right now. Could be decided this weekend. C.J. Stroud, big game, obviously for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And Caleb Williams, according to some sports book, Caleb is the favorite, but it's extremely tight. Who wins it, Caleb or CJ? You know, I, I think Arash is going to come down to these next few games because I think a lot of a lot of eyes are now on USC. They, they should have been on USC for a lot of the year, but now a lot of eyes are on them just because they're in that college football playoff conversation. You know, Caleb Williams to me is you know the, the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes that we have in college football, and that's. You know, that's, I know Patrick Mahomes is something else. He's, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the world. In my opinion, he's the best quarterback in the world right now. But if, you know, if you're going to compare somebody to Patrick Mahomes in college football, it's Caleb Williams. And to even have that comparison right now, a dude as young as he is, you know, in a, in a team that was four and eight last year, they're now nine and one. They're, they're looking to go to the college football playoff in, in a one year turnaround with a new coach and a lot of new players. 
that speaks volumes to me in the Heisman case. You know, a lot of people talk about oh, what his personal talent is, but you got to look at character. You got to look at you know what kind of teammate is Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is that kind of guy that will motivate your team. He will be a leader in that locker room. And I'm not saying that the other candidates aren't, but I'm just saying that Caleb Williams has shown on the field, not just on the field but off the field in interviews, he's shown that he wants to win. Like he's one of these quarterbacks that wants to win. He's not just focusing on the draft. This is a guy that wants to get to the college football playoff. When they lost, he was crying on that sideline. When they yeah. almost, you know, they were down in, in a half against Oregon State, and he was crying on the sideline. That guy wants to win games. And to have that turnaround for USC and to have him at the helm and playing as great as he is, he had over 500 yards against UCLA. I know UCLA's defense isn't that great, but you know, you got to understand this guy's built to win games. He's built to win big games. That's kind of what these people in the NFL are going to look at, these scouts are going to look at, but in terms of the Heisman voters, you got to look at not just his performance on the field, but what kind of leader he is, what are, what are the intangible, intangibles that he brings to a team and to a program that's turned itself, you know, into a college football consideration, you know, college football playoff consideration. So I think, uh, I think he should be the favorite. I think Caleb Williams should be the favorite. And I, I'm, I'm rooting for him to win, you know, not just because I'm a USC fanatic, but just because I think that all these other intangibles brings him to the top of that list. And by the way, according to Circa Sportsbooks, the uh, favorite to win the Heisman next year, the co-favorites, Caleb Williams and C.J. Stroud. I mean, like, a, a very like unique position here where you know the top two players. Again, this is a two-man race. We may just see only two guys in that Heisman ceremony. Um, but you've talked about this Brandon, that Caleb Williams, yeah. just talent-wise, and again, you, you talk about a program that's had Carson Palmer and Matt Liner and, and Mark Sanchez, the most physically talented QB, right, that, 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 that they've had. Definitely, and you know, I said this, remember, you guys were calling me crazy a couple of months ago, and I said, Caleb Williams is going to be the best USC quarterback of all time in the NFL, Ooh. and I stand by that. I said it months ago, and at this point, if he goes on and they play Georgia, and if they lose, let's say, and he wins the national title next year, he's the best quarterback in USC history yeah. in college as well. Well, good no, college is not, not going to happen. I mean, you have Liner? to win 37 games in a row. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But I'm yeah. saying I just feel like the magnitude of the CFP yeah, yeah. and college football and this, the turnaround, the, he's the MVP. Yeah. If there's yeah. an MVP in college football, if there's a Heisman, it's Caleb Williams. If he beats Notre Dame this weekend, you can lock it in. If he, if he has 300 passing yards, three touchdowns or more against Notre Dame, Dunzo. He's yeah. winning the Heisman. I don't care what C.J. Stroud does against or Stroud does against Michigan. Yeah. I don't. I feel like the Big Ten is so bad this year, that might be like a 20-14 to 14 game. It's yeah. possible. Grant, it is amazing how quick the turnaround has been. I know with the transfer portal that has you know made this process quicker, but I mean, having gone to a handful of games at the Coliseum, you know, again, half-empty Coliseum, no, nobody's there. The fact that they are 9-1, and one, the fact that they are in position to be in the college football playoff now is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, Lincoln Riley made a quote. It's like the West Coast is back in college yeah. football, and I, I think he's right. You know, UCLA has been very competitive this year. Oregon State's awesome. Utah's been great. Even BYU is pretty good for a while. USC's awesome. Oregon's great. Um, you know, we have all these packed teams that people on the East Coast don't really watch because, you know, it gets past their bedtime and they don't really like to watch West Coast football, college football. And it's a shame because there's so many great teams. And, you know, that turnaround that you're talking about, it, it's, you know, I was watching USC football last year and the year before. And, 
you know, it, it was just depressing, honestly. It wasn't the USC that we were accustomed to. And now to have that turnaround, to have a new fresh face in Lincoln Riley and, and Caleb Williams, and, you know, to get all those guys from the transfer portal, Shane Lee's been awesome. Um, you know, Jordan Addison's been really elite. Um, you have this dynamic offense that gets people interested in West Coast football again. And like I said, you know, with the Heisman race, a lot of eyes are going to be on it. You know, a lot of eyes yeah. are going to be on the West Coast. And a lot of eyes are going to be on USC, and that's what we want as a West Coast football program in USC is we want eyes on, on, on the program. We want eyes on not just that, but the big stage and, the, and our players because the players are, are awesome. You know, People don't real, really realize it's not just Caleb Williams. You know, it's, it's the other guys around him that are making him good as well. So um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for these next three games. They're going to be high stakes, but um, yeah, West Coast football is back in college. Grant, I wanted to shift real quick back to the NBA. Now, I'm going to read you a a tweet that I just read that went viral. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I want to get your thoughts on it. The Phoenix Suns act like they're the 93 Bulls, but they have the same (laughs) amount of championships as the Charlotte Bobcats. I'm just going to present that without you. And they deserve it. They're the most hated. I hate that team. it was, yeah, I, I don't know, but it, it went viral. No, but that's the that's the general consensus about the Suns now is like, oh, they all act tough and all this. First of all, if we're going to talk about the Suns doing that, first we need to bring up their parade that they threw after the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yes. Never gets talked about enough. They literally threw like a parade. Jay Crowder is smoking cigars <laughs> out, of, out of the back of the car. Like, you still have a series to go, buddy. Is that also because they knew that they weren't going to win the title? I thought that. I mean, <laughs> I think it's the opposite. I think that they were overconfident that they had it in the bag, and they went up 2-0. But what are your thoughts, Grant, on the Suns? You know, Armand, I, I, am going to make this comparison, and a lot of people in LA are going to love this comparison. The Phoenix Suns are like the San Diego Padres in baseball. The San Diego <laughs> Padres beat the Dodgers, and they acted like they oh, won yeah. every World Series since the beginning of time. Oh. The Suns beat the Lakers, and they acted like they won every final since the beginning of time. And those guys on the Suns, even Chris Paul, their veteran leader, has, hasn't won any championships. Devin Booker acts like he's won championships. And I you know, I have a lot of hatred because the Suns beat the Clippers in, in the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago. It was actually last year. It feels like a couple years ago. Last <laughs> calendar year. And, you know, a lot of people around the league are starting to, you know, I was a very big fan of Devin Booker and the Suns when they were coming up in the, in the first year they were together. And they're playing great ball. And Monty Williams is such a great coach. But, you know, since then, they've kind of become this cocky team that everyone just doesn't like because they flop a lot. Devin Booker yells on every every time he goes to the basket, he yells. Um, and you can see it on replays. His mouth is open on every drive that he makes to the basket. And Grant, let me ask um, you, what about yeah. what about Patrick Beverly? Last last oh, 30 seconds that. here. I, what You I, love that? I love I loved that move, and as, as a Clipper fan, Patrick Beverly is always going to be our heart to that guy. He's the guy that you love on your team, but you hate when he's on another team. It's but the even only when thing he's on the do. Lakers, if he's doing he it, he can't if shoot. He's doing can't it, he can't defend. That trade is worth That's, it just for that action. He really, I mean, exactly. it's really the only thing he's got. He, he will stand up for his teammates. Uh, he will him. not stand yeah. in front of the yeah, other team. But uh, that's that's the only thing he's got. Uh, Grant, you're the best. Happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. We will see you soon. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it tomorrow. Thanksgiving Day. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Warrior face. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.